Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Thursday. It is Thursday, May 27th, and Game 2 of the Grizzlies' first-round playoff matchup against the Utah Jazz is in the books. A 141-129 victory for the Jazz in a game where much that was expected came to light, and we'll break it all down in this episode. In the first segment, we'll react to the game last night, a game in which both offenses certainly were operating at full capacity while it was definitely a night of struggles for both defenses. In the second segment, we'll put into perspective the absolutely amazing and historic night performance from John Morant last night. In the third segment, we'll dive deeper into the simple math problem that the Grizzlies face that obviously came to light last night in game two. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizzlies, myself, Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC on Twitter. My name is Sean Coleman. I've been covering the Grizzlies for never, nearly three years, starting over at Grizzly Bear Blues and still there with a great group of folks that write about the Grizzlies on a daily basis there. Been here at the Locked on Podcast Network for a little over a year. I'm a credentialed media member of the Grizzlies. Your Grizzlies every day. The latest news, insight, analysis, An honest truth when it comes to the Grizzlies. So many great places to get your Grizzlies coverage, but for every single day that you want to be updated on the team we all love, the right place is here for you at Locked On Grizzlies. Do want to remind you of our title sponsor, Built Bar. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You go to BuiltBar.com right now. 18 different flavors to choose from when it comes to your taste preferences in Built Bar. And if you put in the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order. From Bilt Bar. So, Donovan Mitchell obviously was the big storyline going into last night's game. His return, obviously, not having played in Game 1, coming back in Game 2. And what you thought would happen, did. Last night was a very logical outcome for, obviously, why one team entering this series had 14 more wins than the other and why one team entering this series was the was the best team in the NBA and the number one seed versus the eight seed and that is when Donovan Mitchell who if you want to argue he's the best player on the Jazz that's certainly a debate for another time but at least against the Grizzlies I feel he is the Jazz's best player his return allowed all the other Jazz players to return to the roles that they defined so well and the Utah Jazz just absolutely were clicking on all cylinders from beginning to end. And that's the big takeaway from this game. Last night was a clear reminder that even when the Grizzlies are playing a highly effective offensive game and their best player had his best game as a professional, they still are a significant ways off from being able to play at the level of the Jazz when the Jazz are playing at their offensive best. Last night, the Utah Jazz became just the fifth team in, in NBA history in, in, in a playoff game to score 140 or more points and hit 19 or more threes. They absolutely were hitting on all cylinders. We came into this series worried about would the Grizzlies be able to to raise their level of production up when it comes to shooting and defending the three to the Jazz's level to have anywhere close to a chance to be able to match them on that level. And the problem is the answer through two games is no. The, the Jazz now, and we'll get into this more into the third segment, but the Jazz were, outshot the Grizzlies 12 threes to seven in the first game, and they outshot them 19 to eight threes in last night's game. 
And the other big thing about it is, is that the Jazz also were able to get nearly 80 combined points from Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, and Rudy Gobert. Their best players were the ones playing the, their best on the court at all times. It started off from the first quarter on. The, the Jazz got off to a 36. They outscored the Grizzlies 36-27 to in the first quarter, and then 38-27 to in the second quarter. 74 points in the first half for the Jazz. The most points that the Grizzlies had given up in a half in a playoff game in franchise history. The Jazz had outshot the Grizzlies, I believe, either 10 or 11 uh, threes to just two for Memphis. And the Grizzlies just did not have an answer. Despite John Morant's amazing performance, 22 points, in the first half, the Grizzlies' defense just overall did not have an answer for the Jazz's offense. But then we hit the third quarter. And yes, the Jazz statistically are the best third quarter team in the NBA. But we also know that the Grizzlies are one of the best third quarter teams in the NBA as well. And that's where they've been able to make up a key difference in games many times this year. Well, once again, they did exactly that. John Morant and Dylan Brooks going back and forth alternating scoring opportunities in the third quarter of last night's game. The Grizzlies went 15 straight possessions. Their first 15 possessions of the second half, they scored at least one point. They went eight straight minutes of offensive possessions where on each possession they scored at least one point. The Jazz did not get a full complete defensive stop until four minutes left in the third quarter of last night's game. The end result was a 43-29 drubbing of the Jazz in that third quarter. The most points that the Grizzlies had scored in a quarter in a playoff game in history. I keep saying in history because that's how historic of a night this was for both the Grizzlies and the Jazz's offense. But the Grizzlies were able to, through their um, third quarter run, they were able to get the score back to as close as two points. And at the end of the third quarter, despite how awesome the Jazz were playing offensively, the Grizzlies were able to pull within three points. But in that fourth quarter, unfortunately, it just the Grizzlies just didn't necessarily run out of gas, but their offense, the, the Jazz started to get stops while the Grizzlies could not. And the Jazz, once again, were able to pull ahead and win by a score of 141 to 129. And again, it was a full game of just offensive success. The Jazz scored more. They scored 36, 38, and I believe 38 points in three of their four quarters. The quarter that they lost by 14, the third quarter, they still scored 29 points. They had three quarters of 35 or higher points scored in a quarter. And just when they're playing at that level, it's just, it's hard to expect for this Grizzlies team to be able to keep up. There's just a difference in talent. And that's just a simple truth. The Jazz were playing up to their talent level. They have a more talented roster than the Grizzlies, and it showed last night. Now, obviously, there were some contributing factors. Um, you know, we talked about going into last night's game, the fact that the quartet of John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, and Jonas Valanciunas were peaking at the right time. As a quartet, they were playing amazing basketball. Well, the issue was was that last night in the first half, Dylan Brooks, Jonas Valanciunas, and, and um, Jaron Jackson Jr. all recorded three fouls in the first half, and they were unable to get into their groove. Jonas, once again, was not able to be his fully effective self because of foul trouble. 
And the other thing is, is that obviously, you know, there were some antics from Rudy Gobert, so on and so forth. Some obvious fouls were not going the Grizzlies' way that seemed to be going the Jazz way, especially some three-point fouls. We won't get too much into that. It certainly seemed as if on the Grizzlies' end, they weren't having much luck when it came to fouls being called on them. But I don't think that would have made a difference in the end. Like, I, I just, it, it's hard to see how that would. But the thing is, is that the Jazz were hitting on all cylinders. And without a doubt, when the best team in the NBA is playing at its best, it's hard to be able to beat them. Even if the Grizzlies' best player had his best game as a professional, and that's what Ja Morant did last night. Yes, in the third segment, we'll highlight a few things that are going to have to be clear takeaways of needed adjustments for this Grizzlies team. Yes, the Grizzlies lost. Yes, the, there is a difference looking at this series now from how it was looked at after game one. But the one thing that should not be lost in all of this is just how historic of a performance John Morant had last night in Salt Lake City. Coming up, we're going to put John Morant, yes, it may not have gotten the win, and to Jaw and the roster, it completely makes sense why the win is what matters most. But it should not be lost on anyone just how special and historic of performance John Morant had last night. We're going to put his performance into a, into perspective, but also we're going to shine some light on another player with ties to the Grizzlies who had a historic night in his own right last night as well. Before we get into just how awesome of a performance last night John Morant had against the Jazz, I want to talk about another source that you certainly want to be at high performance at all times, and that is your car. But the thing is, is that at times repairs are needed, and that likely means that you're going to have to repair car parts. And if that's the case, I've got the one place that has you covered that you can easily use to get your repair needs taken care of, and that's rockauto.com. Rockauto.com, the one place that you can go for a variety of reasons that will allow for you to get your car repair needs taken care of. Number one, you can go and within a few clicks of the button, it's very easy to use. You'll likely find what you need, and what you need will likely be there, regardless of the make and model or the specific part that is needed. If you're someone like me who needs others to do your repairs, you can do your own repairs or you repair cars for a living. RockAuto.com is a great source because as a family-owned business that's been in business for over 20 years, they know car parts typically fall out of budget, so they try to make things as economically uh, feasible as possible. When you go to rockauto.com today, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. Rockauto.com, amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. want to remind you that tonight is Thursday, and every Thursday night at 8 o'clock, we will be doing our weekly show called Let's Talk Grizzness through the Locked on Grizzlies podcast via the Locker Room app. The opportunity for you as listeners, as Grizzlies fans, to come talk with me and others who cover the Grizzlies on a regular basis about all things Grizzlies. And obviously, we've got plenty to discuss. Jaws' historic performance, we'll talk about that here in a moment. But the game, the game so far, the past week, just how much more emphasis and relevance is on this season than the last time we talked, even last week. Plenty of fun things to talk about. Go to the Locker Room app via Android or Apple. Download the Locker Room app. It's free. Create a free profile. Get into the chat rooms at 8 o'clock Central tonight. Look for the Let's Talk Grizzness chat room. Come and join us. We obviously will have plenty of things to discuss and plenty of fun 
discussing him. So obviously the Grizzlies lost last night, 141-129. to 129. Yes, the Jazz showed that they were the better team. Yes, the Jazz showed that with Donovan Mitchell, they're going to be very hard for this Grizzlies team to beat. I think it's fair to say that once again, the Jazz are the favorites to win this series probably in six or so games. But it should not be, you know, just ignored how special and historic Jaw's performance was last night. Now, I know that Jaw himself isn't going to want the attention on it. He never does. That's what makes him special. But still, an absolutely historical form performance But Jaw Morant. But before we get to Jaw Morant, I want to say that there's another fun narrative that occurred because of who was on the court with Jaw for much of his points being scored. And that is Mike Conley. Back on April 22nd, 2017, against the San Antonio Spurs, Mike Conley had 35 points at home for Memphis. I believe that it was, while that game, the game itself was remembered for Mark Gasol's game winner, probably the most, the, 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 best individual moment performance, the best individual moment from the Grizzlies' run during the grit and grind era was Mark Gasol's um, game winner. That could be debated, obviously, but if I remember correctly, it's the only game winner that the Grizzlies had, the last second buzzer-beating game winner the Grizzlies had in a playoff game during the grit and grind era. But in that same game, Mike Conley had 35 points for the Grizzlies. The significance of that is, is that that set a record in terms of Grizzlies franchise history, that was the record for most points scored by a Grizzly in a playoff game. And it also happened to be the last time that the Grizzlies won a playoff game before Sunday night when they won game one. Mike Conley was on the court then. Kyle Anderson, actually, was on the court then as well. He was there. He was the one that arguably had the best single performance of a Grizzlies player in a playoff game in franchise history the last time the Grizzlies won a playoff game before this past Sunday. And obviously he was there last night as a member of the Jazz and made a little bit of history of his own as well. But the spotlight shined on John Morant. As special as that performance was back on April 22nd, 2017 for Mike Conley, John Morant's was so much more last night. 47 points scored for a 21-year-old in his second career playoff game. Just how rare is that? Well, on many different levels, it's extremely rare. Last night, John Morant became the he he established the second highest amount of points scored for any player in NBA history through their first two career playoff games. Also in terms of NBA history, his 47 points surpassed LeBron James as being the most points scored by a player in a single game, in a single playoff game in NBA history in which the player was 21 years older or younger. He became the fourth youngest player to score 40 or more points in a playoff game in NBA history. And in terms of the Grizzlies franchise, not only did Jaw significantly surpass Mike Conley's franchise record of 35 points in a playoff game as a single game single game franchise record in Grizzlies franchise history Morant also passed Mike Miller with 47 points 47 points is now the franchise record for the most points in a game 
in Grizzlies franchise history. That's how historic of a night John Morant had. We literally may have seen, and as a matter of fact, I'll say it with confidence, last night was the single best individual offensive performance we have seen from a player in Grizzlies franchise history. Absolutely. The single greatest offensive performance this franchise has ever seen happened for a 21-year-old in his second career playoff game playing on the home court of the best team in the NBA. That's how special of a night it was. There's many more groups and many more, you know, you know, historically great groups of Hall of Famers John Morant joined last night as well. But that is just the tip of the iceberg. Those numbers and those comparisons to other players that they gave in terms of NBA history and, you know, franchise history, those are just the tip of the iceberg of just how historic those numbers were. And that's how special of a night it is. Yes, the Grizzlies lost. But we also got the best reminder that we've had to date of the fact that John Morant truly is a talent that this franchise has not had before. Yes, we've had some great ones in Zach Randolph and Mark Gasol, Pal Gasol, Mike Conley, and others. But none of those players came anywhere close in a Grizzlies uniform or even in terms of their careers at the age of 21, none of those players were anywhere near the performance that John Morant put on last night on the stage that he was on. And that's how magnificent it was. And even to add to that is the maturity of John Morant to recognize, yes, it's an honor, it's a privilege. He's blessed, he said to have been able to be in this moment, to have been able to take the opportunity to produce like he did. But it wasn't enough, in his own words. It wasn't enough. It didn't get the victory, and that's what matters. And that's what makes John Morant so special. So yes, his performance today should be celebrated. It should be recognized. There should be plenty of accolades and recognition thrown to John Morant today. He certainly deserved that after his performance last night. But if you asked him, the joy, the celebration, the recognition, the relevance of all that ended last night for him as he gets back to work today to figure out how to get this Grizzlies team back on track to get victories that they need in order to move on past this series. But back to Mike Conley. It wasn't just John Morant who made history last night. Mike Conley had 20 points and 15 assists last night. According to David Locke, the play-by-play announcer, radio play-by-play announcer for the Jazz, a founder of the Locked On a Podcast Network, me and him had talked yesterday. He brought an interesting stat up that, you know, Mike Conley was the, the last player before Mike Conley in Jazz's franchise history to have 20 points and 15 assists in a game, in a playoff game, was John Stockton, who did it several times in the late 80s and early 90s. But the fact that Conley did it at the age that he did carries significance because of how rare that has occurred. And the elite company that Mike Conley keeps in terms of producing that type of game at the age that he is. The only players in NBA history to have produced 20 or more points and 15 or more assists in a playoff game at the age of 33 years old or older LeBron James, 
Jerry West, Bob Cousy, Steve Nash, and Mike Conley. That's three Hall of Famers, arguably, and in my opinion, a top two player all time, and Mike Conley. So it was pretty amazing and pretty satisfying, to be honest with you, that on a night where John Morant clearly establishes himself as what we all feel has been the case for a while, as being the best natural talent to put on a Grizzlies uniform. On the night that he does that, and through doing that surpasses Mike Conley's iconic, you know, his overall best performance, and the previous best performance by a Grizzlies player in playoff history in a single game, it's pretty awesome that on the night John Morant does all that, Mike Conley, to lead his team to a win, also makes a bit of history himself. If you're a Grizzlies fan, it was a great night to watch a basketball game. And yes, at the end of the Grizzlies loss, it was wonderful to see both Jaw and Mike Conley continue to show how special of a talents they are and how much they mean to the overall goal of each of their teams now and moving forward, how much they mean to each of their teams to be able to help their teams reach the ultimate goal that they have. But for, speaking of goals for the Grizzlies, Despite John Morant's amazing performance, despite all the you know great developments we've seen from the starting lineup, at least offensively, there are still plenty of indications that the Grizzlies have a very difficult math problem to solve before Saturday night. Coming up, we'll talk about, we'll go a little bit more into detail into games one and two and discover just how important it is for this Grizzlies team to get some of the math in this series to go their way moving forward. Now, four full days into the NBA playoffs, and obviously you've also got the NHL playoffs that are as well coming to an end, at least for the first round. So there's plenty of fun things to bet on when it comes to wagering and betting on sports. And if that is part of what makes your joy as a fan be at the best level it can be, I've got the one place that has you covered, and that's betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB regular season. NBA and NHL playoffs, and are your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device and put in the promo code LOCKEDON to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Visit BetOnline.ag today. So the summer is here, and we're all wanting to be able to say, hey, we're doing things to get into a healthier way of living. Well, you know, that could be running a marathon. It could be biking 50 miles. But one of the things that it could simply be is adding a healthy snack to your diet. And there's no better way to do that than including Built Bar in your daily routine. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. The great taste of a tasty snack but with all the health benefits of a protein bar. There's over 18 different flavors to choose from. And you can have it in the morning as breakfast. You can have it in the afternoon as a snack. And if you go to BuiltBar.com, not only do you have 18 different flavors to choose from, you actually can put in the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Once you make Built Bar a part of your day, it's going to be there to stay. Go to BuiltBar.com and put in the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. On today's Locked On Today podcast, who has been the best player in the NBA playoffs so far? 
Get more of the sports news you needed less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. One more reminder that tonight at 8 o'clock on the Locker Room app, Locked on Grizzlies, Let's Talk Grizzness, our weekly episode on the Locker Room app, talking about all things Grizzlies. You want to talk talk about John Morant's historic performance? Let's talk about it. You want to talk about Dylan Brooks' emergence as an offensive go-to player? Let's talk about it. The differences between games one and two and what the Grizzlies need to do going into game three. We'll discuss all that in our Let's Talk Grizzness show on the Locker Room app tonight at 8 o'clock. Well, one big thing, to just put it in as simple terms as possible, that the Grizzlies have to do before Game 3 on Sunday, or Saturday, they have a very difficult math problem to solve. And, you know, I hinted at it in Tuesday's episode, you know, when I talked about the fact that the Grizzlies were able to win Game 1, despite the fact that the Jazz, some contributing factors to that was the Jazz had one of their worst shooting performances of the year. And the Grizzlies also had very low assist numbers, and they had very low numbers in terms of their ability to hit threes. The reason why the Grizzlies were able to get the victory on Sunday was because they had 19 more shot attempts. That's how they solved the math problem on Monday or Sunday, was that they were able to limit the Jazz's ability to shoot the three and then create enough extra shot attempts to make up for the fact that the Jazz still wound up making five more threes. Well, last night with the return of Donovan Mitchell and the fact that the Grizzlies themselves were more in a, in a half-court game a lot of times, the, the the tides turned. The Jazz made 11 more threes than the Grizzlies last night. They were a plus 33, and so far through the first two games are a plus 16 when it comes to three, a plus 48-point differential on three-point shots. The thing is, is that if that's going to continue to be the case, it's obviously going to be very hard for this Grizzlies team to win unless they get significant improvement shooting the three. Because all season long, you know, I've hinted at it when it comes to getting the possession advantage. The Grizzlies having five, six, seven or more shots than their opponent per game. Creating points off turnovers. Creating second chance points. It's these extra areas where the Grizzlies have the ability to create advantages but they have to do it consistently because at the end of the day, they're creating extra two-point advantages. But now that the Grizzlies are facing the best team in the NBA shooting the three and a top-five team defending the three, they're going to have to do it even more to an even more consistent elite level of getting more two-point opportunities if they're not hitting threes. That's why it took them having 19 more shot attempts in Game 1, but at the end of the day, only winning by three points. Well, last night, the Jazz were able to hit 11 threes compared to the Grizzlies' eight. But in the areas where you had hoped that the Grizzlies would be able to make up the difference, they didn't, right? They did not have the... They, they, they had their opportunities at times, but they didn't make up the difference. Let's compare here. So the Jazz made 11 more threes for 33 points. So where can the Grizzlies find the ability to make up that difference? The Jazz had five more shot attempts than the Grizzlies in Game 2. So the Grizzlies went from having 19 more shot attempts in Game 1 to having 5 less in Game 2. And the Jazz made 3 more shots than the Grizzlies. So making up that 3-point differential didn't come from having extra possessions. 
It certainly didn't come through rebounds. The Jazz were a plus nine in rebounds and a plus three in offensive rebounds. So the Grizzlies, through Jonas Valanciunas and him being neutralized by fouls, are playing a big part in this equation. The Grizzlies did not have their same effective opportunity to create second chance points. And so they had three less offensive rebounds, nine total less rebounds overall. And so they weren't able to make up the difference at all through rebounds. In terms of turnovers, the Grizzlies did make the Jazz commit 13 turnovers to the Grizzlies' 11. The problem is, the Jazz had 21 points off 11 turnovers. The Grizzlies had only five. Coming into this game, the the areas where the Grizzlies had a significant advantage over the Jazz were in these hustle stats. You know, that's what's really emerged as being the reason why this Grizzlies team has been able to win the games that they've had, creating such a big possession advantage through creating turnovers. Friday night against the Warriors, Sunday night against the Jazz. Well, last night, they actually had more turnovers. They forced the Jazz to commit more turnovers than the Grizzlies did, but the Jazz had a positive 16 differential in points off of turnovers. And then in the, while the Grizzlies did have 19 transition points to only three for the Jazz, the Grizzlies also had only two or only had four more points in the paint and only had five more free throws. So at the end of the day, when you get the net difference for the Jazz versus the Grizzlies, through all these different sources of ways in which the Grizzlies can create an advantage for making up the difference in threes, the Jazz still had the advantage in a lot of those categories. Basically, what it comes down to is this, is that John Morant's historic performance and the Grizzlies' overall offensive outburst in the third quarter, those two things, that's what allowed for this not to be the convincing ass-kicking that it should have been in the Jazz's favor. And the reason why that is significant is because you cannot sit here and honestly expect for Jaw to score 47 points, for Dylan to be 10 of 14 from the field for 23 points himself, for the Grizzlies to have a 43-point outburst. You can't expect for that to continue if you're the Grizzlies. You've got to be able to find some way in order for you to create a solution to this math problem. The math problem itself is simple. You're facing a team that is significantly better than you, both shooting the three and defending the three. You're either going to have to get on their level doing at least one of those things, while also making up the difference in the other through offensive rebounds, turnovers, things such as that. That's one way you can do it, or you're going to have to meet their level of production in both areas. I don't know how much confidence one should have. As a matter of fact, I can just say with full confidence, it's hard to expect for the Grizzlies to be able to do that on a game-by-game basis moving forward. But that's expected, right? That's why there's a difference between this Jazz and this Grizzlies team. But that's the key going forward, is that if the Grizzlies are not going to be able to defend the three, and shoot the three at the level the Jazz are, and the first two games have clearly shown they're not going to be able to, what is the way that they're going to find the difference that they need to in order to make up whatever difference is going to be there in terms of three-point production? They have an idea from game one, which is creating turnovers, getting extra shot possessions, other opportunities are through the fast break, and through second-chance points. Those opportunities are there. One part of the equation is staying on the court. 
keeping Jaron Jackson, Jonas Valanciunas, Kyle Anderson, and others out of foul trouble. Having Ja, Kyle, Dillon, and um, a Jonas on the court as much as possible, that's another way to make it happen. But of course, the other big thing and the other biggest area of all that stands out is that last night, this Grizzlies team got 14 points from its bench. That 14 points was less than what Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson scored individually in last night's game. I actually think that they tied Jordan Clarkson. The Grizzlies were at a 43-12 advantage when it comes to the bench. The significant reason why that has such relevance in this, the Grizzlies bench with the trio of Grayson, Bain, and Melton is where their three-point production comes from. So it's no surprise. We've talked about it for days now. Even getting to the point of weeks, this Grizzlies bench has been struggling. Against this Utah Jazz team, this is the one team in the NBA where with how the Grizzlies are set up, with their bench being such a needed area of an advantage, but also because of the fact that it creates that advantage through three-point shots, if this bench does not continue to produce well, if it if, if Bain, Allen, and Melton cannot find the turnaround ability, cannot turn it around to again become a significant contributing factor from three as a trio, it's going to be very hard for this Grizzlies team to win more than one more game in this series. That's a simple fact. I don't mean to be negative. I don't mean to be disheartening. I just want to be realistic in the fact that that's where it's come to. The Grizzlies have two games of knowing what they are up against, what they truly have to do in order to get this series win. And it all starts with one win. At the end of the day, it's keeping their main contributors out of foul trouble while seeing their supporting cast do what they do well, and that shoot threes. Unless those things are accomplished, it's very hard to see these Grizzlies winning more than one more game, which I think will come at home in game three and four. Obviously, the series is far from over, but I do think that we have certainly been reminded of just how much of a talent level there is between the Jazz and the Grizzlies and what it's going to take for this Grizzlies team to overcome that talent level on a game-to-game basis. It starts with playing disciplined basketball, It starts with creating turnovers, keeping your quartet of starting players on the court that have been so productive for you, and getting your bench to shoot threes once again. A lot of boxes have to be checked for this Grizzlies team to be able to do what they need to do. And even then, if the Jazz are checking all their boxes, it's still going to be hard for this Grizzlies team to win. But, though they lost last night, there's still so much to be excited for And that starts, obviously, with John Morant. A historic performance, a legendary performance, hopefully not the last one that he has in his bag moving forward. A lot of exciting things going on on tomorrow's episode. We're going to have a special guest with me talking about all things Grizzlies. And then, of course, for Saturday, we'll get into the Game 3 preview as the Grizzlies head back to the grindhouse for their first home playoff game in more than four years. You can follow the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC, the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen, that's where we will be. Hope you have a great day. My name is Sean Coleman. Despite the loss, still plenty to have faith in, and especially knowing that the series shifts to Memphis. Have a good rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.